Stay tuned now for Love Talk with the three love ladies, Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and Kathy Endebrock. Today, the thrill of Thanksgiving. Thank you, John. This is Evelyn, and we are in studio today at today's Christian Talk, 1120, The Bridge, in the studio with our very special friend, Ms. Carrie Marie Cater. Carrie, I get so excited when I see you, and we get all hooked up to the microphones and everything. But this is going to be a beautiful day today as we talk with Kathy Enderbrock. Absolutely. Hi, Miss Evelyn. I feel the same way about seeing you. Ray of sunshine, girl, I tell you. Um, listeners, Miss Evelyn Davison here. She She's just uh, the the most amazing woman and brightens my day. I wish you could all know her. But we are in studio today, and we have our beautiful friend, Kathy Enderbrock, on the phone. Hey, Kath. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Evelyn. Great to be with you guys. I'm just calling in all the way from Boise, Idaho, up uh, in the northwest section of the United States. And we're working a big special event, aren't we, Kathy? What is it? Oh, I'm so excited about this. Coming up this March 11th through the 14th, we are taking uh, 15 to 20 couples, a total of 30 to 40 people, up to Washington, D.C. to meet with our congressional leaders, our senators, our um, members of the House of Representatives. We're going to go to the American Center for Prayer and Revival um, the American CPR Center, as they like to refer to themselves, and over to the uh, to the Museum of the Bible, to David's Tent, and really get to see what God is doing in Washington, D.C., and we're going to get to pray with our congressional leaders, pray at the Supreme Court, and we just invite um, any of our listening friends to join us. You can go to uh, letspraytoday.com backslash pray DC and you can register and get more information there. Well, we're so excited about that, Kathy, and we've just returned from uh, Colorado Springs with our annual summit for National Day of Prayer, and Dr. Uh, Ronnie Lloyd, Floyd is our, I get his name, I pray Lord so much I call him Lord, (laughs) Uh, is our new president, and honestly, Kathy, it's the best thing I've been to in a long, long time to prepare our hearts for what it is that the Lord Jesus wants to go. And, you know, getting ready for Thanksgiving is a perfect time to do that. And we're going to be talking about today Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving. You cannot live with a thankful heart if you're not in a position to give God thanks and, and praise Him. And that's what this is all about, is praising the Lord Jesus across this nation in a way that it will come to to uh, bring new life and 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 a new destiny and legacy for those of us that that you know have have just been so actively involved in prayer across this nation, and you know this has been a really tough tough week in in Texas, uh, Kathy. We've had this major major terror thing down in in South Texas. Absolutely, you know it's um, very sad to come out of church on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, I hear that, um, you know, a church in Sutherland Springs, which is really just about, you know, two hours from where we live here in central Texas, um, that a, a person who was very mentally ill walked into a church and killed people um, that he'd never met, that he didn't know. And um, it's extremely sad, Miss Evelyn. That town is a town of about 400 people, Sutherland mm-hmm. Springs, and they lost about 5% of their population that day, and uh, over 5% of their population that day. Um, I read an article yesterday 
with the pastor and he was on, you know, national TV being interviewed there by the church and he was asked, is it enough pastor for people to pray? Mm. And oh, Miss Evelyn, Kathy, his answer was just beautiful. He said, absolutely. Absolutely. Our father hears everything. And for those who know the Father and know Jesus Christ, they know that prayer brings comfort. Prayer brings peace for those that are praying as well as for those that you're praying for. So, yes, yes, prayer is enough. And um, he went on, you know, he had very eloquent, you know, pastor uh, answer. But I just thought right there in the moment, absolutely, prayer is enough. Um, to bring peace and comfort to all those affected by this horrible act of senseless crime. It's just, mm-hmm. it's terrible. Um, so we definitely want to be be in prayer for all the families down there. You know, one of the first first responders on the scene was Samaritan's Purse. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the friends from, you know, Franklin Graham's team. And um, it, we are right now in the middle of preparing shoeboxes to send around the world uh, for children to tell them that God is love and that he has a plan for every life. And, you know, that is a really important thing, uh, ladies, for us to praise God for, that we have the freedom in America to do these things. You know, the enemy of Easter is evil. He brings evil deeds. But I can tell you the blessings of the Lord Jesus will outweigh that. And so it's it's really important for us to, and as we talk about that today, we're going to talk about family issues. Family issues, that's right. I tell you what, even in the most amazing families that you look at and you go, oh, man, they just, they got it all together, right? <laughs> you know, people like that. Um, there's. Every family's got something, Miss Evelyn. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to say we're all normal until you get to know us, right? Right. <laughs> and so, and the normal about us is we're not perfect. That's right. That is exactly right. And um, every family has some kind of brokenness. Mm-hmm. And you know, as we approach the holidays, as we approach this Thanksgiving time, I want to look at it from a different perspective today. We're all thinking about families. And there can be some uneasy feelings, as we know we're going to be spending time with that loud uncle or the philandering cousin or the sister who's using drugs or the aunt that's been estranged for a while, Um, maybe that mother who's just bitter at Mm -hmm. this time of year or sad Mm -hmm. um, and the wayward child. Or the father that's confused. Absolutely. And, you know, some of these things are very out in the open and some are brushed under the rug. But we all have something that we go in a little nervous about. Um, And I know not everybody's spending Thanksgiving with family, but I think that this can span over every aspect of our lives. Um, We're looking at the parable of the lost son today. You may have heard of that. Um, And I I'm calling this show today the father of two lost sons. Because as I was growing up, Miss Evelyn and I was thinking about this parable, you know, you've got the younger son who who goes astray and is is goes and sows his wild oats and we'll talk about him. And then you've got the older son and uh his issues as well. And I don't think they're talked about very often, as well as the father 
got to think about what was going on with the father. Mm-hmm. And as a parent now, maybe that's it. As a parent now, I really look at this through the father's eyes. And we've got several things I think we can learn from this parable today, that there's the initial conflict. And then, oh, Miss Evelyn, there's a hard lesson that has to be learned, a hard lesson. And then there's the return mm-hmm. of the younger son. And then the final thing that we'll look at is restoration as well as religious resentment and how the father is kind of paralleled to Jesus. The youngest son is uh, a parallel to the sinners in um, verse 1 of chapter 15. And the oldest son is a bit parallel to the Pharisees, how they say the right things, but their hearts really are not Mm. in it. So, Kathy, if you would for us, could you read um, Luke 15, verses 1 and 2 for us to kind of set the stage here? Absolutely. Okay, so um, Luke 15, over in our New Testament, it's like uh, the third book in from the New Testament, 1 and 2, it says, All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him, to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Oh, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Ooh. (laughs) So, Kathy, I guess my first question to you would be, should we associate with, quote, unquote, sinners as Christians? You know, we have to, if we want to live as Christ lived, the answer is always yes. But the what we have to query with ourselves is what is the motivation? And we're going to see some really neat things in this story that when in Christ's association with sinners, with um, tax collectors, with basically people that had broken the law, that had done wrong, Um, Christ's whole point was always, always about bringing them to a point of repentance. And so, um, you know, Christ went and and joined in with them and related to them. And just like Paul, we see in Paul in 1 Corinthians, he says, I became all things to all people that I might save some. And that Christ was going to the sick, to those who needed the physician to offer the hope and healing of heaven. I love how you put that, the physician, right? The hope and the healing. And I think the answer is yes. You know, just like you said, should righteous people associate with sinners? Absolutely. And your your whole purpose there is to show the face of Jesus Christ, right? And the Pharisees asked Jesus this question to try to trip him up. Mm-hmm. Right? To see what he would do. And so here in in Luke, Luke recounts three parables. Now, a parable is simply a story that Jesus tells in order to relate, to be relatable to the crowd. And the parables here, he, he actually goes through three different parables, Miss mm-hmm. Evelyn. And they're all about something that was lost. And found. And joyously found. Mm-hmm. Right? And... After they were lost, the love and appreciation for that thing that was lost was just so heightened. It was it, it, it was amazing the appreciation they had for those things after they were lost and found. 
So, friends, we do have to take our break and hear from our wonderful sponsors. But when we return, we will continue to talk about the the two lost sons and our fractured families and what we can do, what we can learn from this parable of the, the father and his two lost sons right after these messages on Love Talk. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Drive. Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. You know, the world has changed and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality. And it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder, how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition? Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Let's return now to Love Talk with the three love ladies, Evelyn Davison, Kathy Endebrock, and Carrie Brinkater. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are here on the bridge, and you are with the Love Ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader. Of course, in studio, we have the beautiful and lovely Mrs. Evelyn Davison. And on the phone, we have our great friend, Mrs. Kathy Enderbrock. Thank you, ladies, so much. Um, Love Talk is such a joy for us. Now, friends, we want to remind you that you can find us on the web. Um, You can find us on Love Talk Network, and you will... LoveTalkNetwork.com, and you'll be able to find all of our archives there. You can go back and you can listen to shows, um, and you can pass them on to your friends. And uh, we also want to promote our Let'sPrayToday.com backslash Pray DC for the DC trip in March as well. Today we're talking about the father of two lost sons. And I tell you what, this um, really hits home in so many different areas. Not only do we have a father who is about to experience um, angst, but his reaction, I think, is the biggest thing that I 
have to wrap my head around. So let's go ahead and dive into the verses here. Luke 15, friends, Luke 15. We're in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, and it's the third third book in the New Testament. And we read verses 1 and 2 to kind of set the stage. We've got the Pharisees. They're kind of needling Jesus, trying to trip him up, you know. And so Jesus talks in parables to try to get people to understand his mission and his purpose. And this is the third parable, and it's the parable of the lost son. Jesus continued. Here we are in chapter in verse 11. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Oh, Kathy. <laughs> Here we are at the conflict, friends. Um, you know, we're looking at the conflict, the hard lessons learned, the return and the restoration today. And this is the conflict. The younger son goes to the father and asks for his inheritance. Kathy, how would you characterize this uh, young man? Oh, I mean, well... I mean, they say that he he squandered his wealth wealth in foolish living. So he was he was a foolish young guy. He was a young man. He wasn't married yet. So he was, you know, likely still in his teen years, maybe his late teen years. Um, you know, very possible that he was he was in in his twenties, but he definitely was not adulting yet. No. <laughs> um, if you'd like to kind of give us a comparison to um, to current day. He was rebellious. I mean, selfish. He's basically saying, give to me what I deserve. Give to me what is mine. And um, and very self-centered because you have to remember in these times, he was not the oldest son, which means that um, his older brother really is going to be the one to, to take over the estate. And I believe the division is the older son would have gotten about two thirds of the estate and the younger son would have only have gotten a one third. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that estate that estate should not have passed until the father died. Yes. So basically the son, very self centered, is going to his dad and saying, Hey, like I really don't care about you. I don't care about any of this. I just want what's mine and I want to go off and do my own thing. So he was short sighted, rebellious, selfish and just Kind of a, a, a foolish young man. Absolutely. And Evelyn, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Kath. No, I was going to say, okay, so let's contrast him with the, with his brother, right? Because there's there's two peas in this pod, so there's two of them. Evelyn, how would you describe the older son? Bossy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and really jealous, uh, insincere, and insecure. Mm. Because, uh, as you mentioned, the law was very specific for how uh, estates were divided. And um, he, being the older one, he should have had uh, some say or some input into that. And, of course, he was totally, you know, the father just wanted to please his son. And so often in life, that's what gets us in trouble is we want to please them. We want to please, you know, I, and I remember this so specifically. When our youngest son um, was in college, his first year, that's his only year, because he decided he wanted to get his fortune and go to Colorado Springs and be a ski bum. <laughs> <laughs> and our older son didn't, he worked for him. And, I, you know, he was really not set for that. And 
finally, uh, we prayed over it and prayed over it. And I told Van, I said, he said, if he doesn't go to school, he'll never be able to make a living. And, you know, I mean, it was all there. It was just not he wanted an inheritance. He just wanted his life. So he went, and as a result of some major health issues I had, he came back in a year. And he came back changed because he was more focused. But, you know, when you've got, and our boys are five years apart, that's a big space. But when you have different personalities in children, it is really hard to to build that secure base for on which you might parent them. And this father was in a very um, difficult situation. Here you have one son that wants, wants to stay home and make it right, one wants to go off and fight the world. And we have children like that in, in every family. It doesn't have to be two boys. It could be a boy and a girl. But the thing about it is this. Uh, we can stay too close to our family. But we have to have freedom. But we cannot be uh, jealous and we cannot be greedy in doing that. And, you know, the thing is, is the older son was just distant. He was not a part of that that tightness that, that the father was showing toward the younger son. And so often parents do this. You know, the older one can take care of himself, and then you take care of the little ones. And so it is a family issue that we deal with today on every level. And, it, you know, it's, it's, there's some that never want to leave home and others can't wait. <laughs> and so with both of those in a household, it's very difficult. And so I would say he, the, his relationship of the older one was distant. Mm-hmm. He didn't, emotionally, he was not involved in the decision. And so he set up a barrier. And when barriers are set up, it's by judgment and by selfishness, and so many things. And we just see that, you know, sometimes in parenting. It makes it very hard for the father. Well, I I would completely agree with that. I think the older son really didn't have a backbone. In a situation like this, he should have defended his father, and he didn't say a word. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really uh, shows his character. Um, Like you said, the insecurities of 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 his personality he doesn't defend his father now he does stay in the house but you can tell that that relationship is strained Mm -hmm. and you know younger brother obviously the relationship was strained as well and he said basically peace out i'm out of here you know and um i think it's really sad that the younger brother was basically well and the older brother by not saying anything they were both being saying saying okay dad just be be dead already so that I can live, so that I can have all your stuff, and I can live. Um, and, wow, I, I think that the father's reaction here is just incredible. Not long, so, so you know, Jesus continued, and, and there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of this estate. So he divided his property between them. I mean... The father doesn't yell. He doesn't uh, scream. He doesn't refuse. He doesn't fight it. Miss Evelyn, I, I can guarantee you I would I, I would have a different reaction than this father. Yeah. Right? See, that's what we had in our family. You know, Van is absolutely no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, after about two weeks, we prayed for it. And I said, you know, if he's going to fail, we get him to be there where we can pick him up. And, you know, uh, it's hard for a father. But the thing about this story, there's no mention of mother 
No, there's no mention of mother. There's no balance there, right? And no. so we don't know, you know, if mother had passed away. Or, I mean, we don't know the situation there. But it sounds like father was on his own here, right, or at least making decisions on his own. And um, I just am flabbergasted by this response. Listeners, what, what would you do? How would you respond to this obnoxious foolish, rebellious son's demand because you've got to think about the history here. This is probably not, this is absolutely not the first time the younger son had rebelled, right? (laughs) I mean, they don't just all of a sudden do something rebellious. Got his courage from somewhere. It's been building up Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, here it is. And I, just like you said, Miss Evelyn, the father says, all right, I'm going to release him to step into this journey. I'm going to release him, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to accept that God is sovereign Mm -hmm. and that God is going to um, lord over my son's will at this point. And, wow, he gives up control to God. Woo-wee, that's a hard lesson, I would think, for – that's a hard lesson So, I mean, Kathy, we've got about a a minute or two right here. Can you believe this response from the father? I mean, it's incredibly generous, right? I mean, Mm. it's a compassionate, generous thing to do. And I imagine, you know, there was probably not a whole lot of peace in this household before this happened. You know, this probably, like you said, it's not the first time that the son, the younger brother, has acted out the as Evelyn said, the older brother is probably a pretty darn bossy older brother. I mean, by five years, he's, you know, probably resented that this younger brother's been babied and coddled and given everything he wants and wants it. And, and the uh, older brother probably sees himself as having had to be responsible and work for mm-hmm. everything. And so, you know, I mean, I think in the end, the father understanding his two sons and understanding the approach that needed to be taken um, did go ahead and, and, and release this younger one and, and let him go on his journey, on his adventure. Like, like you said, Evelyn, I mean, you and Van let Danny go mm-hmm. and be a ski bum. You said, okay, we will send you with our blessing. And I, you know, I think as a parent, sometimes we have to make those hard choices um mm-hmm. but we really get to see what god has is going to do with those hard choices i'm excited to see what god does with those hard choices listeners when we get back there's an incredible outcome to this story where we see this foolish son uh gain a, a lot of wisdom and just stick with us you're going to want to know the outcome uh stay with us you're going to hear from our sponsors and when we get back We're going to get to hear the rest of the story. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-00. 93 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com 
Com. Hi friends, this is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you need help with. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Information you want on the world of culture, the world of entertainment, the world of finances. Information you need for your world. Today's Christian Talk 1120, The Bridge. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and Kathy Enderbrock. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You're here with the love ladies, and we are talking today about the father and two lost sons. You may have heard it about the parable of the lost son, but really, friends, both sons were lost here. And we're drawing conclusions as the father is um, the Jesus figure in this story. The older son is the Pharisees in this story, kind of saying the right things, doing the right things. The legalist, but it's not in his heart. And then you've got the younger son who goes and squanders his wealth and, and he is a akin to the sinners in this story associating with the sinners. So let's get let's get back into the scriptures here and let's read Luke fifteen verses fourteen through nineteen. After he had spent everything, and we're talking about the younger son here, <laughs> there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father oh girls that is repentance that coming to see your sin Mm -hmm. and looking toward the answer but he had to learn this hard lesson miss evelyn before he could see yes you know that he had this amazing life that he took for granted um he had to learn this hard lesson before he could see it and and let's let's really look at the scripture here it said he spent everything he had a third of everything, of, of all of the inheritance. That's probably quite a bit of money, Miss Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And it says he squandered it on wild living. And basically that means that 
he was enslaved to desires. Mm. He was enslaved to sin. He um, he experimented with all of that. Um, and there's a collection of Jewish writings called the Talmud, and it basically contains the civil and religious laws of the Jews, and it said, Cursed be the man who breeds swine. And you have to think that this young man was brought up in this culture, and he's he he lowered himself to the lowest of the lows to go and feed the pigs and eat what they were eating. Miss Evelyn, mm-hmm. he was at the bottom of the barrel. Now, Kathy, do you think that this young man, this younger brother, would have, younger son, would have ever learned a lesson if he had stayed home and waited for his inheritance? I think it would have taken a whole lot longer. I mean, eventually, sin is sin. When you mm-hmm. get to the point where you're saying, in order for me to be happy and fulfilled, I just need to feed every desire I have, and I need to uh, it just basically feed this appetite, even if uh, I don't want anyone to tell me it's wrong. I don't want to worry about what is right and what is wrong. Eventually, every person will come to a point where um, they are a a slave to those desires, that they have a famine in their soul. I mean, they will come to the end of themselves. And, I mean, we even see this with rock stars who have everything – and they end up ODing and uh, suffocating on their own vomit in a bathtub. Or, you know, mm. I mean, we, we just see this over and over again. So, you know, the the son going off by himself kind of um, fast-forwarded this whole experience where he did experience the, 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 the life that he thought was going to be wonderful and feed all of his desires until there was absolutely nothing left. I think had he stayed home, it would have just been a miserable family environment for a much longer period. I think you're right. And, you know, it's sad to see that that's what had to happen. But I've seen it with my, with, with some of, um, you know, my friends' children, my parents' um, friends' children, um, you know, unless they learned the lesson themselves, they weren't going to learn it. And uh, it's hard to watch. Now, Miss Evelyn, we see what happened to the younger brother. What do you think was going on with the older brother at this time? As, as the little brother was away, and we don't know how long little brother mm-hmm. was away. We just know that he was away. We don't know how long it took him to squander everything. Um, of course, it's a parable, so we don't know. But what do you think the older brother was doing? I think he was separated from his father yeah. um, because he was mourning. You know, we haven't talked much about what the father was doing, but he was mourning the loss of a son. Uh, same way as the you know, bride lost her coin that came off her crown. She was mourning for what she had lost. And the thing is about this is that we all go through these transitions with our children. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's when they're very small and they, you know, they don't have a personality that blends with ours. And you know, that's what family life is, uh, Carrie is making the most of what God wants it to be. Mm-hmm. And we all have different places in doing that. But the thing about this is that he had distanced himself from the one that could help him. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what we do. 
because we distance ourselves from our Heavenly Father, the one that can help us. But what happened? He repented. He looked at what he lost, and we look at what we don't have, and he ran back to the Father. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think about the Father. Like you said, we haven't talked much about the Father. Let's let's talk about that. I mean, we've got a a loving Father. You know, He was a loving Father. He was hurt. He was broken, and he was hurt and broken by both children at this point, not just yes. the younger one, yes. but by both. And he, I'm sure he was longing for a relationship with that oldest son, but that oldest son was just pushing him away because he was angry mm-hmm. and and also bitter. He just chose to do it in a different way than the younger son did. Absolutely. They were both wrong. It was distance. It was distance, and, and they were they were both wrong. In this scenario. Um, But I tell you what that father did. He waited. He watched. He prayed. He hoped. Um, How long he waited and watched and prayed and hoped. Again, we, we don't know. Scripture doesn't say. But every day expectantly, prayerfully, hopefully, waiting for the return of that younger son to complete his his life. Um, and I pray that God would grant the parents of, of so-called prodigals um, that kind of spirit-filled patience. Because, Miss mm-hmm. Evelyn, I tell you, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's heart-wrenching to watch people go through this. I mean, parents and the emotions, because you just want what's best for your child. And when they're breaking your heart Mm. and you know that they're going to end up in destruction, uh, the only thing you can do is pray. And you trust the Father. And you trust the Father Father to Mm. fill in those gaps. Um, In Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Be patient in tribulation. Miss Evelyn, I... Patience is not one of my best qualities. I'll tell you that right now. I'm working on it. I work on it every day. I um, buried mine a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Just, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I tell you, being patient in tribulation and being constant in prayer, that is what this father had to do. Now, Kathy, just briefly, we've got about two minutes. As we look at the return, I want to read these verses, and I want you to... to to set the stage for us before we go to break. So it says in verse 19, the younger son says, I'm no longer, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him was filled with compassion and he ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine that was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Oh, Kathy. Woo-wee. We've got the return here. Set the, set the stage for us. You know, and this is, I think the return really shows what, um, how these kiddos have been raised. Because we we know that the son comes back and, and says, first and foremost, 
I've sinned against heaven. Mm. So we know that these young men have been raised in a house um, that does worship God, that mm-hmm. does revere God, that does fear God. We um, we say we see the um, father who goes out and tells the servants to go and slaughter the fattened calf. Well, we know that that is being that fattened calf is being fattened because of the um, the upcoming sacrifice during the religious festivals. So we know that these are individuals who are active in their faith, who are engaged in their faith, who have seen their father in times of prayer, who pray over meals, who um, have daily prayer in the household. And, you know, I, I, Carrie, it's just like you had mentioned before, when the pastor at um, Sutherland Springs had asked, does prayer make a difference? Yes, he re- replies, prayer makes a profound difference. And the difference that we see here is that the son, the older son, likely was never praying that God would watch after his baby brother and take care of his baby brother. Because by the time the baby brother comes back, we're going to see the older son was very, very bitter. And bitterness is a a key insight into a lack of prayer um, Mm. in one's life, a, a key to prayerlessness in one's life, whereas the father had held on to that hope he had been watching he had been praying and he ran out to that Mm -hmm. son and men wealthy men don't run they send their servants out to run that's right that father wanted to be he was going to be the first one to go and embrace that boy Mm -hmm. and i think god is the same way with us when we turn to him in repentance we only need to we don't even need to take a step we just turn towards him and he is right there reaching out towards us. I think it's just a beautiful picture um, of what we see happening to our Heavenly Father as we turn and walk towards him in repentance. Absolutely. I think that's so beautiful, and it sets us up perfectly to understand when we return from the break, friends, we, we've gone through this conflict, and we've gone through the hard lesson learned, and now we're at the return and the restoration. And so when we get back from the break, we're going to find out why, why culturally, why else this father may be running towards his son, as well as what the restoration looked like for not only the son who went and squandered everything, but the son who stayed home and let a bitter root take, or let a bitter seed take root in his life. When we return to Love Talk with the Love Ladies, right after this. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Jenner Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area, 
for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Hi, this is John Codner. You know, every day we're constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Well, isn't it time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answer is yes, then you need the Good News Journal published by our very own Evelyn Davison. With a healthy dose of happiness, hope, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed for free at hundreds of locations throughout Central Texas, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, H-E-B, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries and churches. And did we say that it's free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call 512-249-6535. That's the Good News Journal, an inspirational patriotic journal published quarterly to bring you the Lord's Good News. The Good News Journal, 512-249-6535. And you can also read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small, for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard. And New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. One more segment of Love Talk with the three love ladies, Evelyn Davison, Carrie Brinkater, and Kathy Underbrock. Today they're talking about the thrill of Thanksgiving. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You're here with the Love Ladies, and this is Love Talk. Oh, goodness. We are talking about the father of two lost sons. This is a parable um, with Jesus, of course, and he's just trying to get us to understand that everybody is worthy of coming to the kingdom of Christ no matter where you are in your life. And these difficult, sometimes difficult family dynamics that we have going on, we have to take a step back and think about what a father would do and how the Father would react to those people that might make us a little bit uncomfortable at Thanksgiving dinner. And we know, or just feeling sympathetic to what is going on with the mother, the father, the sister, the brother, the aunt, the uncle, and all of those things, the grandparents that might be hurting. Miss Evelyn, we talked about this father and how he ran to his son. Now, you've got to think, It says, even when he was still a long way off. Mm -hmm. So just like we talked about before, he was looking. He was was waiting. He was searching. Uh, Miss Evelyn, he ran to him. He wanted to celebrate because life comes back home. Mm. It is, you know, that's what, when we sin, when we get out of the will of God, when we're out there kicking the bushes and doing all those things that are not fruitful, they don't bring fruit. The Lord is waiting for us. He is just like the Father. Mm-hmm. He is waiting for us to come back. And you know, the son here, uh, they, his father had given him up for dead. Yeah. And, and it was an experience that suddenly he saw just a vision of life. Mm-hmm. And so he ran to meet it because he was so eager for it to be over. 
and you move mm-hmm. on to something else. And you know, it was really interesting. Uh, immediately after the after the reunion, they went back, and the father began to what plan. Mm-hmm. He began to plan a celebration. And you know, that's what the Lord Jesus does for us. You know, we'll be out here on our own, and we get in trouble, and we come to recognize it, and we want to go home. And home is always the foot of Jesus. And so that's what he did. He said, my brother has come home, and our son has come home. And he called out to the other son. He said, hey there, your brother is home. Because they didn't have computers. Telephone. Yeah. They weren't, he didn't text him. No, <laughs> no. And see, that's the way that we have to be when those sin against us. When our children disappoint us or Mm -hmm. others disappoint us, we've got to come to that point where we say, okay, uh, because you are home and you're safe and you're sound, we're going to celebrate. Well, absolutely. And the father is so excited that his son is home. And I think the thing that we have to also look at here is, I mean, the father ran to him because, that son was in danger culturally. Yes. You know, the, the townspeople probably wanted to beat him or humiliate him for the disgrace that he had brought upon mm-hmm. this father. And by the father meeting him before anybody else yes. got to him, he's saying to him, look, I'm bearing your shame. You know, and that's a picture of prayer and the presence of the Father. Mm-hmm. And, Kathy, you know, you are so good at that in, in teaching people. Every day, you know, today is the day that you celebrate. And when you look at it, there is never a time in the life of any of us when Jesus throws away what he has paid for us. No, that's exactly right. I mean, Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5 says, God, who is rich in mercy. Oh, thank heaven, he's rich in mercy. Mm-hmm. That because of the great love he had for us, even though we were dead in our transgressions, this son was dead in his transgressions. And the father thought he was literally dead. But even though we were dead in our transgressions, we were brought to life with Christ. Mm-hmm. And that it's a perfect picture here of the father running to the son and, and welcoming him with open arms. Um, now, the son did apologize, and I think that's a big part of this lesson learned here he and the repentance, he right? He repented big time. He did. Now, Kathy, we also see here in Luke 25, at the end of this this parable here, Luke, Luke 15, verses 25 through 32, this is what it says. Meanwhile, the older son was out in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music. And dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked him, Hey, what's going on? And the servant said, Your brother has come home and your father has killed a fattened calf because he's back safe and he's back sound. The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? And listen to what the father says. My son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost. 
and is found. And friends, that is the way the parable ends. It ends right there. I mean, oh, Kathy. So the older son would be expected to hasten and join in the celebration, but instead he is angry. What is his problem, Kathy? <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's hes resentful. He's bitter. And we have to remember this older son, you know, Jesus is telling this parable. The older son is the Pharisees. And so the right. Pharisees are seeing Jesus go to uh, the, the tax collectors, these sinners, um, and offer them compassion and grace and calling them to repentance, giving them a place in the kingdom and rejoicing with them. And the Pharisees are saying, basically, hey, we're going to stay out here uh, and not join the party because, mm-hmm. you know, here we have been obeying the law all of this time. And yet you, this teacher who we can see performing these miracles, you're not coming to us. You're going out to all of these uh, these these sinners who should be below you and don't deserve God's time. And, you know, I'll tell you, Carrie, because this. This parable has brought a tremendous amount of healing in my own life because, you know, definitely I was the the younger brother and I always resented my younger siblings. You know, I my curfew was early. I had to wait till I went to college to get a car. And, um, you know, you could tie in my mind. All my younger brothers and sisters were very, very spoiled. They got you know, they stayed out late. They um, were able to do what they wanted to do. They didn't have to get a job like I did. They got their cars very, very early. And I remember going back to them, and I was so resentful mm-hmm. of everything they had received that I felt like I had had to work hard for. And I finally got to this place where this parable brought me to the place where I thought, why on earth can't I be happy for my siblings that they have such incredible parents that would just pour out all of this blessing on them? Mm. And so instead of comparing what I received relative to what they received um, and getting resentful over it, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to rejoice for every blessing that they receive mm. because it's, you know, the fact that we have these amazing parents who will pour out blessing on their lives, it should it should prompt in me a thankfulness and a joy. And, I mean, it really was this parable that got, that, that got rid of a lot of bitterness and resentment in my heart and gave me an entirely different perspective because... Christ leaves the parable there. He leaves the older brother standing outside the party. And he's Mm. basically telling the Pharisees, right now you're standing outside the party, but the door is open for you to go and enjoy the party. And it's the same thing that he he, he tells all of us. The door's open for you to go in and enjoy the party and come to the Father and repent and enjoy all of the things that he has to give you. And the door is always open uh, for the rebellious child as well to and return so true, Kathy. home. Yeah. And, you know, this is what a picture of Thanksgiving is. It's thanks living. It's when mm-hmm. we come back yeah. to that point that we let the life of the Lord Jesus pick it up. And if you don't have him, what do you have to work with? Well, I I think it's so true, you know, at this time, at this holiday time, will you join the party or will you stand outside and continue to be resentful or hurt? You know, um, 
in this story we see the conflict, which we all have. We see hard lessons learned, which we've, which we've all been through. We see the return, and we see this restoration, and we see the older brother standing outside going, do I join in or do I stand out? And I would challenge you this holiday season with this question. What will you choose? What will you choose? Will you be like the younger one, the sinner, and rebel against your family and make these hard choices that that leave us with scars and hard lessons learned? Will you be the Pharisee? Will you be the older brother, the older son, and be resentful and spiteful and hurt over choices? Will you accept that family member like the father? Will you be Jesus? Will you be Jesus with skin on? Will you be like the father and open your arms to that family member who's struggling? Will you put yourself in their shoes? Will you run to them? Will you bear their shame? Will you accept them where you are, where they are? And I think that that's the biggest question this holiday season, friends, is will you accept them where they are? I know there's so many past hurts and past scars and past pain. But, friends, Jesus says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Don't let that plank in your eye get in the way. We've all sinned and we've all done things that are displeasing to God. There's no one who is innocent. And he wants us to come to his glory. He wants us to come to his face and seek him. So I would tell you that it's time. It's time to love on those family members, to be kind, to take a deep breath and look to Jesus for your guidance. Thank you for joining us today on Love Talk. For Evelyn Davison and Kathy Indebrock, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we'll see you next time here on Love Talk. Have a great holiday.